<laughs> not starting with anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Apropos of nothing, yeah. I got this pitch email yesterday pitching me for XO Jane. I'm like, wait, wait, bro, wait. does what? Yeah. I was like, does your Wi-Fi work? Have you been online since 2015? What? Oh, you mean it was a publicist pitching you to write something for ExoJane? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was like pitching you the website. And I was like, is it? <laughs> You're like, buy it back. What? What? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No one will give us yeah. that. Nor do we want it. Where is Dita? Uh, Who knows? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with that? I don't know. Anyway, that's the true anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the title of this episode. <laughs> but yeah, welcome back to Smell You Later. We're off to the races already. Yeah. <laughs> How was the Madonna show? Where was it? Madison Square Garden. Of course it was. Of course it yeah. was. I saw some Instagram stories footage. Yeah, it was great. She's yeah. Madonna. I don't know. It's very surreal to see her live in the flesh. Just period. Mm -hmm. And kicking ass sorry that sounds so like girl bossy but it is true it's I, it, my brain couldn't really comprehend it and our seats were really good they were sort of like there was the floor and then the first tier and we were first tier sort of center how long does she perform for i was like can you get off stage yeah. <laughs> three hours later you're like i'm tired <laughs> it's uh it's an i think it, they said it was two hours and 10 minutes and she is notoriously wow. late because she's madonna yeah. and we walk in and the very nice usher person was like she goes on stage at 10.30. The show's over at 12.45. I was like, fuck me. Fuck off. Um, but she actually went on at 9.45. It was still a late night, but yeah. it was fine. No, just, I don't know. I, being an old hag, I don't, like, really love huge shows like that anymore. As much as I love these two artists with my entire body and soul, I didn't go to the Eras tour and I didn't go to the Renaissance tour just because you cannot get me to MetLife. I have a very sensitive nope. bladder. But... And even MSG is deeply doable. It's so easy. But even then, I wasn't like obsessed with being there. But God damn it, the show was incredible. I, I don't know. Just it was a really nice. It's a celebration tour, a celebration of mm -hmm. 40 years of Madonna being Madonna. And it was cool. I don't know. It it felt like extremely masturbatory, but also <laughs> not because she like is the culture so much that it's yeah. sort of like. I don't know, like it just sort of didn't really deal with anything, but it just contextualized yeah. her throughout all of these things that we remember and her place in them, even though we don't associate them with her. It's like, damn, you really are pop music, huh? You really did invent True. all this. I do this once a year. I stand Madonna irrevocably for one week and then I forget about her. <laughs> um, so here we are. No, it, it was really good. That's very funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's a fun show to go to just for the crowd interaction. The guy, the guy next to me. So my, my friend was on my left and the guy next yeah. to me who I did not know was on, on my right. And he kept like leaving and just coming back progressively drunker, which was very funny because it was like a Madonna show. Who cares? But no, it was a really good crowd. Everyone had a really good time. I forget how easy MSG is to get in and out of. I don't know. I, think, I feel like they make it that way just because that operation. The yeah, that operation <laughs> is run. It's run like the Navy SEALs. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank, thankfully, because. I'm already like squeamish or like about being in large crowds. So yeah. he's directing to the exits. I did wear a mask. I'm a responsible girly. <laughs> I, I have a shoot at four in the morning on Saturday, which is why? essentially why I wore the mask because I can't get sick before that. Because if I do, the whole thing's fucked. But wait, like, what for and why? <laughs> it's a content. It's a content oh. shoot. Oh, yeah. 
Gotta get that wellness content. But I'm not responsible for the sake of my own well-being, but I am for the sake of my career. <laughs> I went to one of one of New York's most elite wellness clubs, allegedly. It's I've only been there for beauty events. It's called the Well. Oh, the Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Well. I don't. I'm not really sure what to call it. It's like a. I guess it's like a wellness membership. It's like the Wing, but wellness. Okay. If the wing, I guess the wing kind of was wellness. I don't know. Anyway. It's an establishment, and yeah. I went there for a brand event. It's obviously it's it's very bougie, it's very fancy, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the whole thing. I also asked them what the place smells like, knowing full well that I'm like, you definitely get a custom scent made for this space, yeah. obviously. And then they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I think it's like we outsource it to a company, and I'm like, I know that, but I would <laughs> like to know what it is. Answer the question or make yeah. something up. Make something up. What is the scent of wellness? Are you using that mood sense technology on me? You probably are. And it is working. Right. <laughs> but they have a sauna and steam room in there. That's just one part of the amenities. So I was just like, mm. let me hang out in the sauna for a little bit. I heard this is good for your brain and stuff. And I walked in thinking it was empty. Mm. And thank God I was wearing a towel. <laughs> it's just yeah. I walked in and just like hit in the face, but really hot, dry air. And I went, whoa. <laughs> I turn around and there's like a man behind. Oh was, no, like, not a man! In the shadow. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> I literally went. I thought this place was women only. <laughs> I thought so too. I I didn't know men were exactly. allowed in the well. Exactly. I was like, I thought this was for women. And then part of me was like, wait, duh. There's two locker rooms that says his slash theirs and hers slash theirs. Perfect. Which is funny. But then I was like, great. Now I have to like sit in this sauna with a man one other man and then i'm like well, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna run away because he's already right. seen me so i have to sit here and pretend this is normal right which it is but i feel weird about it now because i didn't <laughs> realize that men were allowed in here <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed anywhere i'm with you no and that includes me they should definitely not be allowed to make conversation in a sauna as well <laughs> oh my god ew Stop. read the room sir but it was another yet another reminder because i'm never in saunas because i'm poor that <laughs> Whatever the smell of in, inside of a sauna is, is it's like the cedar wood. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like thinking, like having my little business thoughts as I'm cooking like an egg in there. Someone should make this scent, and I'm sure they have, but not in earnest. I was like, yeah, Old Spice, what are you doing? Make the smell of the sauna. Of you the can't be giving out free ideas to Old Spice. They'll take them. They're out of ideas. No, they won't. They'll <laughs> put them on a mood board, and they'll never use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's what all corporations do is like they put all the cool stuff on a mood board and they never use it. Anyway, Ainan, what are you smelling today? So after our last conversation about Memo, where you mm-hmm. were wearing Memo, I could not remember. Okay, I, how do I say <laughs> this? The, memo obviously has a, they're inspired by travel, correct? And they have this whole leather franchise with like mm-hmm. Irish leather and every leather you can imagine, which yeah. I think is cool. It's like different places, which is it's an interesting concept because it's obviously leather is found around the world. Yeah. But you don't ever think about how leather can smell different depending on like the provenance. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that is true, actually. <laughs> There's just something about. I don't know. I think what I'm trying to say is I don't like it, <laughs> but no. there's just something about the franchise. I'm like, it's giving. However, <laughs> they did send me one when they sent me a bunch of stuff a while ago mm-hmm. and I requested Italian leather, which they hooked me up with. And 
Anyways, <laughs> I'm wearing Italian leather by Memo and I love it because I remember that when we were talking on Saturday about Memo, I was like, I have a leather scent. I think I really like it. Turns out I do. Italian leather has, they have these hierarchy in two different ways. So I'm just going to read them in the order that they come. Oil of green tomato leaf, vanilla absolute, and leather accord. And then <laughs> below that, it says rock rose absolute, which I guess means cystus. I'm not a flower girly, so neither of that means anything to me. Oil of galbanum, oil of clary sage, iris concrete, oil of sandalwood, myrrh resin, and musk. Yes, this really takes you on a journey. We talk about scents that do evolve over time and scents that don't. And this one really does from like the jump. You spray it on and it's very green, like very, I know I use this word a lot lately, but like pungent. You do get that leaf, that oil of green tomato leaf, like very literally in not a way that I dislike, but not something that I would like run to use. But then mm -hmm. it does pretty quickly warm up into this warm, dark, sweet, I guess leathery, but not in the way that I would expect fragrance that is just fucking gorgeous. It's sort of Tom Ford coated in the way that it's sweet, but dark. There's a lot of like blackness to this fragrance, if that makes any sense. And we yeah. sometimes tie things to color. And then that pungent leafiness does sparkle on top of it or maybe sizzle on top of it to keep it fresh while being so warm and indulgent. Man, I really like this. So maybe I should shut my trap about this leather <laughs> collection because maybe it's better than I want to give it credit for. They're I mean, good. Listen, they are good. I have, I think this is the only leather one that I have. But I mean, I've been a clown before. I would definitely try more of them. Definitely. This is great. They're I actually wore good. this yesterday too. I don't think I have smelled any memo Paris scents that I was like, ew, that have turned me off. If anything, I'm like, this is nice, but it's not for me. But like all of them are really good, which reminds me, I should call in a full size of the Capitol. You should. You should. <laughs> but looking at these, I think there's 11 leather fragrances, African leather, French leather, Irish leather, ocean leather, Italian leather, Russian leather, ocean Iberian leather. leather, Sicilian leather, Moroccan leather, and oh, that word we don't use. It starts with a no and it ends with a oriental. I realized that was only 10. I don't know. So part of me is sort of like, we really got to do all this. But hey, listen. If Italian leather is as good as it is, yeah. maybe I should just let it happen because it is really good. I am partial to the Irish leather and French mm -hmm. leather. I feel like those are the ones, if anything, that I break out the most of my little discovery set. Sure. But oh, I maybe I have the discovery set too. You probably hmm. do. Probably but I do. remember during our episode with John Malloy of Memo Paris, he said he was wearing Iberian leather. Mm. In my interpretation, it's very masculine TM, but in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I will have to track down, and by track down, I mean put it on at your house. Irish <laughs> Nice. Okay. I think there should be more Irish perfumes. That now is the that, hottest take you've ever said on the show. Now that we're all obsessed with all these Irishmen, we need more Irish perfumes. You're using that we pretty aggressively. <laughs> we the internet, not we the who, us. <laughs> who is Irish? Paul Mescal. Oh, I do want to fuck Paul Mescal, yeah. Barry Cogan. Kogan. He's fine. He really scratches that hot weirdo itch, I think, for a lot of people. Colin Farrell, duh. They're out here. These Irish boys. Liam Neeson. Oh my Pierce God. Bro my friend Connor, who I went to the show last Your night. Your friend with Connor. Last night. <laughs> is Irish. Pierce Brosnan. All, the, all of Ireland's babes. 
<laughs> yeah, shit. Sable, what do you smell like today? Okay, so this is very silly, but I just, I got this in the mail today, so that's why I okay. like, like many times what happens is when I get a scent in the mail is my immediate reaction is to spray it on myself or on a blotter, mm-hmm. of which I've done both. And this one today is Le Monde Gourmand Fraise Fouette. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Strawberry something. Fouette. I say Fouette because it's spelled F-O-U-E-T-E with a Beyonce dash on it, E. <laughs> the Beyonce dash. <laughs> she has it now. It's hers. Admit it. It is hers. So I'm like, okay, that's tacked on an extra syllable at the end, but whatever. I think it's meant to be a strawberry shortcake scent, hmm. but okay. to me, it smells exactly like Lip Smacker's strawberry chapstick. Which means I want it. Yeah. I, as soon as I sprayed it, it was just like a blast from the past. And I was like, this smells exactly like all of the lip balm that I've been eating since I was a child. Yeah, yeah. It's a part of me now. The juice is like yeah. a milky pink, right? It's like a milky pink. I don't know if you, yeah. No, that's so pretty. It's that really sort of pretty. It looks like Narcissa Rodriguez coated. It does, except it's not the bottle. It's the. It's not the bottle. It's. Yeah. It's mm, gorgeous. Um, it's cool. Yeah. I think they're like, it has strawberry and vanilla and cream and coconut, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, mm-hmm. this chapstick, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is every <laughs> strawberry flavored chapstick ever, which is very nostalgic. I'm like, would I want to smell like this outside? I don't know. Maybe. I certainly would. I know you for sure would, but yeah. it's probably on its way to your house right now. <laughs> That's true. It's probably already here. We've given them a lot of lip service over the past like quarter or two. We should have them on the show. I feel like we asked them at least two years ago and they just ghosted us. So that was probably when I was still telling everyone that they give people cancer. So, yeah, um, I have some thrown that that's not true. And I take back everything. Also, I'm like, are they just like a shell company? Who are you? <laughs> I don't know if there's like a person. I think it's just like a company. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it might be the PR, but we've had their contact for a while. What I'm yeah. trying to say is I feel like they've been cranking them out lately. Yeah, it feels like especially they've been very busy because I feel like I first got wind of them just like walking around Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Like 10, 12 years ago. And then they've just blown up since then. They're nice scents and they're like $25. They're... They are. I wouldn't hate if they made some of their like temple scents eau de parfums or at least stronger. My, and they I, are eau de parfums. They certainly don't act like it. That shit is yeah. mouthwash. I don't know. Like I really like all of their sense. And if I don't like them personally, I appreciate them for what they're trying to accomplish. And I think that they're successful more often than not. But And I understand that part of the allure there is just, I know they're not body splashes, but you can just splash them on and go. They're not going to, they're not going to take you all the way from morning to night. But there are some that I'm like, I wouldn't hate if they would. And I'd pay you 15 bucks more or whatever. It's a $25 cent. How much can you, you're going to char- exactly. possibly charge me? No. Yeah. I, They've gone into body, I think, a little bit. And I'm like, no, just give me something stronger, please. Yeah. Judging by the name, I'm like, clearly, if it's called Le Mans Gourmand, everything is going to be gourmand-based. But they've gone in some other interesting directions. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're a mystery to me. It would be interesting to talk to somebody and be like, so why a popcorn scent? Yeah, or a cola scent, both of which I love. The popcorn one's my favorite. We'll bully the PR about it. It is really funny to think about how this episode, I feel like we have been kicking around the idea for this episode in general, probably since the beginning of the podcast, but also since like August, I went on a press trip with Victoria's Secret for the launch of their new bear flanker. 
I think it was earlier than August. Not that it matters. I think it was like July. That was in July. Okay, yes, like that trip wasn't. Month. Yeah, it's like end of July, but still yeah. over the summer. And I had the idea. I was like, oh, I wonder if Victoria's Secret is just pivoting to a whole new fragrance direction because these are clearly a departure from all of the other little crystal faceted bottles with the little weird neck scarf. And then like previously, I think Madison Beer was the face of Tea's Cream Cloud. I was like, okay, you go from Madison Beer to this very real model shot, come as you are thing. So I was like, what's happening here? What's yeah. going on? What Gen Zs have you hired in the marketing yeah. team? <laughs> I really like the new sense, Bear and Bear Rose. So I was like, we got to talk to somebody. That Victoria's Secret, canonically, a hard nut to crack because yeah. as any corporate entity owned by an even larger corporate entity, <laughs> they're not super keen to give up their secrets. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> not super keen on talking to us. <laughs> yeah. But we finally did it, at least in some regard. And we got a perfumer who has done many of their best-selling tenpole fragrances. Mm-hmm. Which one? Okay, so what was your first foray into Victoria's Secret sense? Oh my God. What was the one? Because you and I are like the same age. What was the one that was really big when we were in middle of high school? I immediately think of the pear gloss. No, it was one of the bit, like one of the ones. Was it very sexy? Maybe. I was, I feel like I was still on the body splash tip. I was not doing, I was not doing Victoria's Secret like capital P perfume in mm-hmm. high school. I was doing the body splashes. Well, I was not engaging at all because I was mm-hmm. a boy. Yeah. Like, so it's like we hadn't crossed that bridge yet, but no. we weren't out here shopping at Victoria's Secret for fragrance. But yeah. my how times have changed. That or uh, the Angels collection. Divine, Heavenly, Halo, all of those ones. I was fucking with those. Yeah, I, it was not even probably very sexy. It was like, bombshell it was i don't know i should be able to answer this question but i can't remember when i did that whole like thing about victoria's secret fragrances for you at allure lol i just they all feel iconic in a way that it's i can't really pin down what you smell but i know exactly what it is when i smell it it's just a hot girl scent it is a hot girl scent unfortunately do you think that victoria's secret fragrances let's say as a whole are kind of the inverse of abercrombie fierce oh my god yeah, but everyone enjoys them. Fierce is caustic. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's true. Victoria's Secret presents maybe ubiquitous to the point of indistinguishable at some point, mm-hmm. with all respect, but they're not bad. No one They're not bad, and like there's also Victoria's like dozens Secret. of them. Exactly. Dozens. Oh my God. I'm like looking at the took a page for Victoria's Secret perfumes and colognes, and I just remembered the body splash that I was obsessed with was Body Bob Victoria. <laughs> It was like their, I guess it was their version of the bear fragrance then, where it was like very minimalist. It was like their version of a CK1, the Victoria's Secret version, which is still very va va boom. Yeah. But that one, I was like, I'm the fanciest girl in the school. Yeah, that one got me going. But I'm trying to find the what was like the perfume when we were mall relevant. <laughs> We're still more relevant. Yeah. We're flops. I have a new one called Night Sip. Maybe they mean Night Slip and they just misspelled that. Oh, no. Not, <laughs> not a typo on the P page. <laughs> There's one from 2009 called Sexual Star. Okay. Mm, absolutely not. <laughs> There's just so many. It's like that tip of the iceberg meme. Yeah. Oh, my God. That should be the IG image. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We have one of the perfumers responsible for making the Victoria's Secret 10 Pole Fragrances of right now. She's created 
bombshell and several flankers of teas. Yeah, she is if like you have a if you have a teenage daughter, she is she has made what your little daughter smells like right she now. She is scenting her and not even teenage. Not even Don't teenage ask women. College age. College and educated me. women. And Tynan. And me. <laughs> you really liked the teas cream cloud, right? I think I liked the name. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I did I did like it. I did like it to be fair, but it, it was a I do remember praising it and meaning it. Not that I ever don't, but yeah, it was an it was a sort of like the farthest reaches of the cloud fragrance era, which is still frankly going strong. But it was yeah. a nice. It didn't feel like a duplicate in any way of any other sense that might share the name. Yeah, really nice. I like the bare ones, and yeah. yeah, and I love that they put them in orbs because I I want everything to be in an orb. But that's how they get you specifically. <laughs> yes, me. Who's your target demo? This girl. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in an orb. She'll buy yeah. it. But yeah, I don't know. Like, how do you intro a guest? Who's like, they think that was the intro. That was the intro. Okay, that was the intro. Great. Yeah. Let's just get on to it. Let's get on to it. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Adriana Medina, Vice President Perfumer at Jovedan Fragrances in New York City. And I am a creator of fragrances that you have probably touched in your daily life. And they have been in the market for some time. So um, the creative of fragrances. Awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. And we always kick off by asking our guest, what do you smell like today? Today, interestingly, I was doing a video for a fragrance and I sprayed it on someone else and I sprayed it on myself. So I smell like green, lush, watery notes combined with cannabis in a bed Ooh. of amber and moss and vetiver. So that's oh what I smell like today. Wow. <laughs> what sounds, an answer. Yeah, that sounds really good. Is this a fragrance that is yet to come out? Do we know where it's going to land? It's coming soon. Ooh, okay. Yeah, oh, you'll, you'll hear about it on my social okay. media. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. The reason we have you on for this episode is because we're talking about the Victoria's Secret fragrance collection and just all through the history of what it smell what it's like to smell like a Victoria's Secret angel and you are the creator of many of these scents. I think you've you've done I think bombshell teas. Mm -hmm. Yes, our company yeah. are is the creator of the two most successful pillars on Victoria's Secret, Bombshell and Tease. We've created some of the flankers for Bombshell before the project was opened up to competition. But even like that, we I feel we provide the great DNA for both pillars. And then even for the brand, as it has been evolving for so many years. Mm, very much so. Sable and I have talked a lot about Victoria's Secret since just as an idea since the show started because they were such a definitive part of our sort of preteen high school years. Maybe for Sable differently than I, but I feel like we have always been surrounded by Victoria's Secret scents in one way or another. And it's funny because we talk a lot about nostalgia or 90s scents or 2000s, Y2K, whatever. But I feel like Victoria's Secret fragrances have always been relevant and always been just as hot. How do you, we didn't break you with this, sorry, I'm already on a tangent, consistently create something for such a large brand that remains relevant and of the time? 
Yeah, I think you have to keep in mind that a Victoria's Secret is definitely a brand for women. And I remember when I started using Victoria's Secret in my early years, uh, I remember it was more for the attraction of the opposite sex and for to be sexy, to be sensual in somebody else's eyes. That's mm -hmm. what it was before. Mm -hmm. And I think the brand has evolved more on your own expression of sexuality and sexiness. It's what is it for you, not for mm -hmm. somebody else. Mm -hmm. Also with the different pillars that Victoria's Secret has, I feel that it's tapping into the different personalities in a woman, mm -hmm. the woman that you are during the day, the woman that you are at night, the woman that you are in the weekend, if you're fun and active or you're more of a homebody. So it's tapping into all these different personalities and finding the fragrance that suits you or fits your personality and your character. So you have more of this kind of individualistic kind of power of decision. That's mm. how I envision the different pillars on Vic the Victoria's Secret brand when it comes to mm. fragrance. Okay. Wow. That's, That's great. fascinating. It's yeah. sort of like a choose your own adventure or like, <laughs> what are you feeling like exactly. today? <laughs> exactly. What are you wearing? What do you feel like wearing today? Right. Well, maybe you've covered this in what you've just said, but I was always curious, what is what does a brief for a Victoria's Secret fragrance usually look like for you? Mm. It's always very fascinating when I receive a brief, it's an opportunity to express what I have in my mind, what I want to smell, what I want the consumer to feel and experience, because I feel that fragrance is such an emotional kind of uh, vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and then when you, it's such, it's so, you're so picky on what you want to wear, what you want to wear, and what you want other people to smell you when you walk buy them. You get the brief and it, you usually know it's for which brand it is. So you get like a, an idea of when it's the fragrance going to be launched. Is it in the spring? Is it in the summer? Is it holiday? Is it for Mother's Day? So you Valentine's Day. So you have an idea, okay, this is when it's going to be marketed, the consumer. Sometimes you get visuals. And from the visuals, you can pick like notes that kind of give you a color mm. or a place or a mood. And then based on that, you go back to your desk and you start creating and you start, you could, they could even give you an olfactive direction. Is it a citrus? It is a floral. Is it a vanilla? Is it something warmer? Is it something more fresh and floral or some more sensual? So they describe it to you. You go back to your desk, you start creating. And with your evaluator, you choose the best ideas that fit the brief. And then you're ready to submit to the client and then see if they like it. They don't. You get some feedback. You keep going. And it's actually a process that can last you maybe a couple of months. But if you oh. have more time, it can last a few years. So the brief sounds like open-ended almost. You said sometimes it's more about a note or a feeling or a color. It's, you, it can be just as specific as it can be evocative. Is that right? Yes. Wow. It's for your own interpretation. Of course, the brief can give you the notes that are going after, mm -hmm. but it's definitely your own interpretation in how you want to express in notes what the client is looking for. 
Wow. So much. I feel like you have to intuit so much of what you think they mean versus what they probably tell you. (laughs) Yes. And if the client is sensitive to certain notes, you got to be careful and not do overdoses. You have to play around them so they're not so obvious. Definitely avoid anything that they don't like so that you're not dead at arrival. (laughs) Right. That's just another, another, I don't know, gate that you have to get through. It's you want to fulfill the brief, but you have to get it past the first nose. And it's, are you, yeah, wow. I don't envy you, but I do admire you. (laughs) Yes, it's quite a job. And then once the fragrance is selected, sometimes you you have to go through testing. Consumer Mm -hmm testing Mm -hmm. and see if the consumer is really attracted to the fragrance they consider a great tester and once it goes with green colors then it goes in the bottle wow yep wow i you may have you touched on this a bit but i think we want to dive a little deeper into it we're curious as to know like how you decide what notes to hero out in a victoria's secret fragrance and maybe like how you decide what category the scent needs to fall into. And I think to jump on that as well, and I hope your publicist doesn't beat my ass for asking this, but do you sometimes create fragrances around notes that are indexing then, like indexing Mm -hmm. high, whether it's like vanilla right now or iris or anything, or is it just, we would just love to know how you decide those notes and then go forward from there. I feel that definitely with Victoria's Secret, you got to be a little bit more conservative. It's not a brand that I feel can take a high risk. Let's say a niche brand that put something out there and it's edgy. And then there's definitely a specific consumer for that. For Victoria's Secret, you have to know that freshness is important, that the florals have to be natural, open, airy, pedally, nothing heavy. Mm-hmm. Backgrounds, if it's call, if it's calling for something chipra or definitely something creamy, sandalwoody, musky, and vanilla can work. So it's really understanding what notes work for the brand. And you've seen successful fragrances for the brand. And what else? Can you bring to the table that can be an added element to it? But don't think too way out of the box because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I think is does that, I'm sure that goes hand in hand with just creating something for a mass market and a retailer like Victoria's Secret where they really do cater to so many people across the country that you probably have to keep things wide because if you go too niche with that, how, do, how does it move? It's a good problem to have, though, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I think definitely if they're willing to try something new, it's knowing that there's a risk. But Mm -hmm. why not? If you don't dare to do it, how will you not know that it wouldn't work? When Mm -hmm. I feel now the consumer is so open to trying things that are different and are unique, I think the consumer is not looking for fragrances that don't smell like somebody else. They want to smell something unique and different so then when they walk past by someone it's oh what are you wearing i don't recognize that and that's the evolution of the consumer Mm -hmm. where i feel that you have the opportunity to try new things and have the space for that and then maybe try to launch things that are more in the line and that work well for the brand i would love to see a brand like victoria's secret try something like quite polarizing as a fragrance just because 
they're so mainstream and they just have like in every mall, they're in every city. So it's almost a test of if Victoria's Secret says this is the sexy scent. Yeah. Will, I, will everyone agree or will they say no? Like we don't, we reject this. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I remember before making Bombshell Heavenly was a fragrance that yep. was very popular. And that was the Victoria's Secret scent. Yep. And when I created Bombshell, we I remember I created it and it was for another sub-brand of Victoria's Secret, but mm. the fragrance developer and the client felt no. This could be something new for the Victoria's Secret brand, and it could be the new DNA. When you have developers that have that vision clearly, mm -hmm. and they don't have that fear, they dare to do the things a little different and bring something mm -hmm. new that can work, and they'll take the risk, and it will be a success story. It sounds it's... like that test already happens. <laughs> it could happen yeah. again. Yeah. That happened 15 years ago. Wow. I think we're due, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the those like the they were like the clear with the angel bottles. It was like heavenly, I think divine. I, I think there are two others, maybe angel and something else. And I those came those were so popular when I was in high school and I was obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were like the most sophisticated sense a woman could wear. <laughs> yes. Th this is interesting because we're talking about creating beautiful in in a lot of ways by definition iconic sense for maybe a, a mass audience but we're we're curious as to know what kind of notes or accords are used when making a sexy quote-unquote commercial <laughs> perfumes and then how do you maybe take something that is I don't want to say safer that is more accessible but make it alluring and and whatever sexy is to that consumer how do you Take what you know and, and interpret it in that way. I think it, when you think about sexy, I think you go to notes that are a little bit darker and richer and provide a lot of texture. Mm. I have to say, trend wise, fragrance trendy wise, they use a patchouli and over the years to create this modern Chipra was using the patchouli and they brought an element of sexiness. Mm -hmm. I feel now also moss has been because of the success of Baccarat Rouge <laughs> and everyone wearing it on the street. <laughs> moss has become really trendy with the amber and the cotton candy sugar yep. sweetness. Even edible notes. I think the overdose of etamaltol, which is a cotton candy note, has made fragrances really sexy in the market. Angel was one of them with the patchouli and the sugar. But it's really understanding the consumer these days as they're wearing Santal 33, mm -hmm. Le Lavo Santal 33, Sandalwood. Mm -hmm. Why not? Work mm -hmm. around Sandalwood. Work around musk. Why can't musk be a, a sexy scent? It has this tonality of an animal note. In, in this beautiful kind of cloud of, of muskiness in a fragrance. So it's finding this definitions for this sexy and, and really understanding the consumer, what is trendy in the market, how maybe, like you say, taking a common ingredient, maybe an apple. Mm. And how do you make a sexy apple? 
<laughs> is it combining it with vetiver, which is a, a root and is woody and is has a lot of texture. It could be sexy. Vetiver could be the new, next patchouli. So we have so much to choose from. And mm -hmm. there could be so many combinations that we can actually do like a market study and really understand what the consumer is liking and what, the, what they're defining could be sexy these days. So That's interesting. so interesting because I always, I'm always at odds wondering if the way a fragrance is marketed is because is like the company responding to what they think consumers want, mm. or is it like them deciding like this is what's this is what we're gonna say is good and what should be desirable, and especially when it comes to something so subjective as sexiness, I'm like, where do these ideas come from? As a perfumer, as an artist, because you are creating these experiences, like how do you interpret sexiness? <laughs> yeah, what could be sexy to me is not mm -hmm. sexy for somebody else. We have so many cultural differences. We mm -hmm. have so many different tastes. You're dealing with people from so many cultures, but if you don't understand your consumer, then you don't know really what you're making, if it's going to be as successful, it's going to be appealing, if it's going to be a good tester. You really have to dig in in brands, understanding what is being launched, what type of notes are working, and then finding combinations and finding notes that you can work with to find like something new and different. And just thinking back on so many of the Victoria's Secret scents that we grew up with and the ones that we love present day, I think we can't really get away from bombshell because it is that girl it's award-winning everyone has a bottle of it but what do you think in your opinion what do you think makes it so popular makes it the victoria's secret scent to have one of the many if there's a simplicity but at the same time a complexity in bombshell when you smell it people wonder okay it's freshness it's fruitiness it's floral something woody and musky but i have to say Every woman that wears it, or even men, because I found men wearing bombshell, they just feel it's fresh, it's clean, and they love that it's not uberly feminine, that it has an element of a masculine freshness in it. So that's why men wear it. But at the same time, that they smell clean all day, and that when it has a nice sillage, so that it lasts you all day. That's why it has a major global appeal is because everyone just, there's nothing wrong with it. They mm -hmm. just feel it's a scent that they can wear every day. Love that. How many flankers of bombshell are there now? There's a lot. I think a year we worked on probably eight. Wow. Or maybe six. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guys, the limit. Guys, yeah. the limit. How, how many bombshells can we? Make? But knowing that, how do you reinterpret an idea like that yeah. so many times and keep it true to the original scent? Or is that something that you think about? Is that maybe not part of the deal after after so many iterations? Do you take it in a new direction? I'd yeah. Love to yeah, we've taken it on, and recently on many new directions. Originally, we wanted to stay as close to the original DNA of olfactive DNA of bombshell and twist it in many different ways. But I think we have been able to go 
away from it and create something new. Let it say, yes, the peony is the heart of the bombshell fragrance, but at the same time, we played with white flowers and it has worked really well. We played with other fruits. We played with a cherry on bombshell intense and it worked. We played with tropical fruity nuances and even coconut for a bombshell summer. We played with other freshness. Instead of bergamot and lemon, we played with pomelo and grapefruit. So definitely, we have 1,500 ingredients in the palette that we can create so many combinations. And we can create as many bombshell flankers as we can do for years. Wow. <laughs> it's like the limit does not exist. Not yeah. to quote no. me girls, but damn. <laughs> no, Bombshell Holiday has had a few flankers. And it's how you can do a bombshell for the holidays. It's a celebratory, mm-hmm. it's festive, it's perfect for, for Christmas in the New Year. So mm-hmm. it's about celebration. So how many interpretations of celebration can you possibly do? Fair. Endless. <laughs> exactly. You always, you could always have a party. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Do you think that there is, if any, do you think that there is a unifying feature of Victoria's Secrets fragrances? And do you think maybe it's something that's meant to communicate to the consumer or is it truly just whatever ebbs and flows with the seasons and trends? Each pillar has a different message. Bombshell is about freshness. Tease is about something Addictive and gourmand Mm -hmm. is the story around teas. Then you have bear, which Mm -hmm. is a different pillar and now it has its own different interpretations. And for me, bear is more like a second skin kind of fragrance. It's very creamy. It's very nuzzly. So each pillar has a different message Mm. for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I remember, I think Bear launched last year or maybe two years ago, but and when it came out and I smelled it, I was like, oh, I can smell the DNA of the heavenly sense in this. And it was almost like a little bit of an echo of that Y2K and my adolescence smelling that. Yes, I can see that too, because it taps into this kind of creaminess, second Mm -hmm. skin, and that sandalwood creamy richness done Mm -hmm. in a modern way. Yeah. So I definitely see that similarity. Yeah. It definitely feels like a bit of a departure from the very sexy, the very pink and ribbony kind of uh, Victoria's Secret aesthetic because it was just very minimalist and elegant. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. a moment, I was like, oh, I wonder if the brand is totally shifting in a different direction. But then I keep getting the tease clouds and the tease cloud <laughs> creams. <laughs> and thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're always curious when we talk to really any brand, but especially brands that have put out as many fragrances as Victoria's Secret. But is there any sort of unifying feature throughout the collection in the fragrance? What is it? What is a Victoria's Secret scent meant to communicate uh, to the consumers? I think it communicates a lot of femininity. I think the brand really wants the women to be very much in touch with their feminine side. Also, on your own individual aspect in your life, you don't have to be someone else. You have to be you in your own skin and your thoughts on how you speak. Just be you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that, that that's the new message that the brand is putting out there. And also, like I said before, it's how you feel every day, how you wake up each morning. 
and how you feel you want to express yourself with the fragrance that you're choosing to wear for the day. You know, how it can complement you if it's a spring day or if it's a fall day. What do you feel you want to smell like? It's definitely like like your own personal choice and your own personal decision and how you want the world to smell you for that day. It's clearly an evolution for the past Mm -hmm. few years. And I'm really curious to see what would be the message for the future. No. And I'm sure you you get this so much in your line of work, but now that gender is getting removed from fragrance and perfume, how in your experience when any client comes to you with the brief and maybe they're trying to describe something like gender neutral, but feminine, but gender neutral, but masculine. Like how do you find that even the clients and the brands that come to you are evolving their interpretations of what's considered feminine or masculine in the perfume sense? I think uh, it's becoming more universal and and, and less of this kind of like gender driven. I think you no longer have the barriers of this is masculine and this Mm -hmm. is feminine. It's more like here it is. Mm. You choose. I think Victoria's Secret is also a brand that empowers you if you're a woman or if you're a man. I think it talks to you in, in, in that sense of that. You feel empowered and you can do anything that you choose to. Mm -hmm. And the same when it comes to fragrances, it's very much, it has no gender. It's supposed to appeal to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Any age, any gender, just anybody. Yeah. So it has this kind of universal kind of appeal, I feel. Sure. Do you find, I feel, I feel personally that even brands that are still gendering their fragrances, I feel like across the board, with especially with mass scents, quote unquote, for men have gotten much sweeter. And whether it's a fruity or gourmand, and then scents that are made for women have gotten a lot, I don't know, deeper, spicier, mm-hmm. have a lot more depth across the board. Do you think that even if the category is not genderless, that the scents themselves are starting to blend the, I don't know, boundaries, barriers between what these like fragrance gender roles used to be and now just blend everything together. Yeah, I feel that now we can play with aromatic notes that were Mm. so used in masculine fragrances. We've Mm -hmm. seen now the take on this kind of new freshness in women's fragrances. I think yeah. they combine really well with florals. Mm. And we've seen also some woods that were used in masculine scents and then now they're used in women's scents because we like them. If we smell them on a boy, oh, we want to wear it. <laughs> we want to wear them. Yeah. And I actually feel that florals on men, there's so much opportunity. I've yep. smelled roses on men and they mm-hmm. smell incredible. Yeah. So yeah. we can consider other florals that we can use especially on masculine fragrances i think like you say it's almost like they're coming together they're becoming like this new hybrid kind of category or maybe family as a fragrance is also evolving mm-hmm. into new families it's good to know it wasn't just all in my head because so many things are but <laughs> i know i have a theory that florals are going to get a lot quirkier and people are going to start I don't know, doing some weird stuff with florals and they're not going to be as gendered or 
have have their old reputation as much anymore. I'm excited about that. Maybe. As someone who doesn't like, I'm not like drawn to florals myself, so I'm really excited to see like yeah. how they're evolving because <laughs> I'd do like to have, be. On that same tip though, do you think that now that fragrance is such a massive industry and there are so many brands doing so many things from mass to luxury to niche to whatever and everyone is trying to put their own spin on something because there is so much we have to find uniqueness where we can and I feel like Sable and I have been talking throughout the year last year about how fruity notes have gotten more unique with yuzu or maybe not that strawberry is the most unique note but or gourmands with this pistachio boom do you feel like notes are getting more left of center and more unique or is this just another trend that we're seeing i think we're looking for newness Mm. so definitely you're gonna see a lot of new kind of ingredients take place when it comes to new addictions new spices new combinations and it's actually it it goes in waves Mm -hmm. it goes in waves uh as you see now the Cherry being, oh, the star ingredient. And mm. pistachio following. It's a little mm. cherry, but it's also very nutty. It's a mm. little gourmand going in, into this kind of wave of fragrance trends. So there's always this search of uniqueness and newness when it comes to fragrances. So mm. in, we have developers that are constantly looking for these nice new elements. If it's something salty. What can give you that salty effect? Yes, we all have a sweet tooth, but there's others that have a a salty tooth. Mm -hmm. So how can we appeal to those consumers? And then even in our own company, when we're doing the development of new molecules, we're always looking for what could be a new fruity node? What could be a new floral node? What could be something new in the green? There's so Mm -hmm. much opportunity in the green kind of category that I feel maybe future-wise, we can move into something more green, fresh, and maybe floral, move away from the white florals and give space to a category that was so popular in the 70s and 80s that were was the green kind of category. Why can, can we do now in 2024 that mm-hmm. can bring us to this kind of opportunity? So exciting. Mm-hmm. I feel as you're telling me this, I'm like, you've got something up your sleeve. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <Yeah>. Always. <laughs> you have to co- keep the consumer entertained and engaged. So I always yep. have something up my sleeve. <laughs> oh, I love that. I can't oh, wait to see what it is. I oh, can't I wait. I really, one, I love her. Can she come back every week, please? Yes. She's always invited back. I loved the way... You never really know what you're going to get with these questions, to be you honest. You, you truly uh, don't. With the answers, rather. Yeah. You know, with the questions. Are even when we them, were but... like, yeah, even when we were workshopping the questions, I was like, why do we sound so annoying? <laughs> no, but I loved how she talked about when we asked, like, how, I don't know what it was, like, I don't know what it was, the fragrance I, or the questions I have in front of me. How do you make a fragrance sexier or how do you make a certain note yes. sexier, this or that? And it's like, I would... how she, Yeah. <laughs> Just talked about like the different facets of other accents that you can bring in Mm -hmm. to make an apple sexy or whatever. It's like, oh, shit, you're right. That's so funny because I was like, just make it forbidden immediately. (laughs) (laughs) But in my brain, there is like a corporate boardroom with just a bunch of suits who are like 
okay, what's sexy? <laughs> Let's yeah. figure it out. And that's what I want to know. I'm like, what's in your corporate boardroom of sexy? Like, what's in that meeting? Yeah. How do you decide who are the figures on your mood board? Truly, mm-hmm. I would just, I would love to know. Right. I would also love to know what the people in those little focus groups say for like a Victoria's Secret scent because I'm sure it's hilarious. One of my clients, or I guess former clients, because I just unloaded them, they focus group a lot of their stuff. And I know that's, it's honestly not as common as you'd think. Yeah, it's always funny because I don't have a whole ton of visibility to to this process to be transparent, but I will go in with, with a concept or Things pretty baked is what I'm trying to say. Like we're pretty far down these roads and then we'll start focus grouping them. And it's like that shit can throw everything for a loop, honestly, mostly because it's being paid for. So it's like we paid them for their opinion. So now I have to take it into consideration. But yeah, I don't know. To your point, I feel like there is sexy is such a like personal and nebulous term anyway. And then you make it one corporate and two like throw all that all those cooks in the kitchen. It's like good luck. Yeah. And now we have all of these bottles with neckerchiefs. Yeah. <laughs> what's sexy? A little scarf. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> Give what's them a sexy. little scarf. <laughs> you know what? The people love it. We'll love it. The people love the little scarves on the bottles. Right. right. <laughs> I am glad that we finally nailed that episode down, though. I am, too. And also, yeah. I we have a lot of guests on the show. And by and large, we walk away with from every episode being very happy. But it's... With those big companies, you never know. You what you're truly get. don't. Yeah. And I want a million hers. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. She was so warm and open. That's really nice. I love when, you know. yes, we don't know previously or like awesome like her. Totally. And you can tell that she loves it too. Yeah. yeah. What a cool job, man. I wish I knew perfumer was a job. Right. It's too late to pivot now. It's too late. <laughs> I don't have the energy for it anymore, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> you're about to be a best selling author. Uh, your your mouth to everyone's wallets. <laughs> all I can say. I had a funny idea too. As we were having our discussion, I was like, I wonder what a perfume commercial for the Die Hot with a Vengeance perfume would look like. Oh my God. Like just super weird. And yeah. Sexy in a weird, awkward, uncomfortable way. Yeah. <laughs> that is for another time. That's for another for episode. Another time. Yeah. Anyway. Another anyway. Another anyway. You can find us at our website, smellulator.live, where you will find our merch and our hotline where you can leave us a voice message. You can follow us on Instagram at smellulator.mp3. I am at Tigra. I also want to tell you to <laughs> leave a little message on our Spotify because we enjoy them. And yes. they're a lot nicer than the ones people leave on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> they are getting our ass on Apple Podcasts. Listen, I stand by everything I said. You know what? <laughs> I will say that comment that was like, I love you guys, but Tynan talking to the mic. I was like, shut the fuck up. And then I was editing that following episode and I was like, they're right. I do not be talking to this. And I'm so close to it all the time. You're so like your little sound yeah. waves are so much bigger than mine always. And especially when we're in person and I'm yes. with your pink mic. I am up on that. I'm giving that thing yeah. head and like still... <laughs> I'm like, you know what? They they got a point. I'm at Tyne and Buck, and I will <laughs> talk into this mic. And until next time, we will smell, smell you, you later. later.